Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you in our recorded glory to a very special edition of Give Me the Book, your weekly wrestling podcast. My name is Mike Alloy. And I am the El Guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy, Satoyo. Thank you guys so much for listening once again. Thank you all so much. Happy uh, Fourth of July. I hope you are having yourself or have had, if you're listening in the past, or rather in the future, since this is, of course, happening in the past, um, a wonderful Fourth of July festive weekend, wherever you are listening. Um, this is a special edition, as I said. Uh, later on today, we wanted we wanted to uh, commemorate the first six months of the year and kind of uh, do a little review, a little year uh, mid-summary, just with the things that we liked so far this year. Mostly because, again, when uh, year, end of the year lists happen, sometimes the things that happen early in the year tend to be skipped and glossed over. So to make sure this does not happen, we are doing this, the mid-year review. And plus, let's be honest, it's a, it's a way to spice up a little bit of interest for our podcast because you guys love lists. Um, in the meanwhile, though, before we do that, uh, let's quickly go over what happened this week. Uh, so tell you the, the build for Money in the Bank continues. Um Again, we had our first SmackDown without uh, Roman Reigns being present, but uh, I believe it was still a good episode. I actually feel it was very refreshing that he was not there because he wasn't going to add anything to the show uh, based on what he's been doing as of late, which is nothing. So having him not be there was actually good. Having him focus, having the main focus really be more so on, uh, you know, Jimmy Uso and, and Edge sort of being like, yo, what's wrong with you? Do you not see how you're being? And then obviously showing how he's right. Um, how long will Roman Reigns' manipulations last? How dumb will the Usos allow themselves to continue to look? They do have to worry about that from a booking perspective because you do not want to continue that trend so hard that the Usos just wind up looking like perpetual idiots who cannot recover from this. So there is an interesting dynamic there. Uh, once again, Edge being back makes the show immediately more interesting. Um, he can cut a hell of a promo, even when he's not doing a whole lot. He can he can make simple things sound really, really good. I thought the promo that he opened with was very, very solid. It was incredibly effective, and it tells the truth. Um, I think oftentimes in wrestling, that's one of the things that gets missing. He brought up all the points that we brought up on the podcast months ago about that Mania match, which I think if you look back on it, it's not nearly as good as you think it is. Um, but it's still good. It's just not nearly as good as you think it is. Um, but he brought up all the valid points. So he had that built in out like this guy never beat me. <laughs> this guy really didn't. I mean, sure, the match went the way it went, but I had this man beat three times and he did. So that was uh, pretty cool. I think uh, uh, they had my favorite match of the week being the uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, last man standing match, um, which I thought was just uh, fun. And I thought it, the, it was done in such a way that uh it's very hard to make anything good when there's no audience around um and they but those two have wrestled each other so much that they always just find a way even if it's just doing a lot of the same shit we've seen before doesn't matter it's just very good yeah that's fair enough um a little spoiler the wrestlemania triple threat match is in my top five for the year um yeah well i mean but you're wrong so it's fine that's more than fair um i don't know i just really like that match although i haven't rewatched it since watching it for the first time yeah, no, I agree with you. It is, um, I think it's a testament to how well Ash portrays the, the, the unhinged character and how, you know, again, it's, uh, it's unhinged, not crazy, which is, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's always like a thin line, something that 
I don't know why, but I always thought about Dean Ambrose and how his character was never quite unhinged and was always just goofy and not necessarily. And while Edge can be both crazier, angrier, more dangerous, and smarter at the same time, I think, uh, yeah, just a very good character. And again, this feud, um, it's almost like what we talk about with Raw, right? With uh, Drew McIntyre and uh, Bobby Lashley, how that could be one of the best feuds if you give him a little break in between. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think uh, SmackDown side did really smartly by having like, you know, pretty much especially, you know, from the beginning of the year, really, from when Edge won the um, uh, the Royal Rumble till now, he's been in the feud with Roman Reigns, but yeah. it still keeps feeling fresh and, you know, it gives us something to look forward to because there were so many breaks in between. Edge was off TV for a little bit. Roman had numerous opponents, numerous other storylines to kind of engage himself in. And now it's, uh, my, I'm very, very, very uh, much anticipating their, their match money in the bank. Yeah, I think they'll have a good match. I think Seth or Seth Rollins factoring himself in. I'll be interested to see how that happens because uh, that's going to happen. You don't wear a shirt that says Iconoclast and you <laughs> and, and act like you're not uh, foreshadowing there. Uh, so that'll that'll be cool because I am interested. I have no doubts about the match, but my thing is I'm always very interested about finishes because you have to, especially on a main event level. You have to give people places to go to where, you know, these two are going to break off from one another. Do it in such a way where Edge still has to go into the match at SummerSlam against Seth Rollins, having a legitimate gripe. Um, so it's going to be interesting how they pull that off because you can't do you, you can't like you can't pull a Cesaro. You can't have a Roman Reigns Cesaro type of match because that match was literally just to give Roman something to do. Like it was never to put Cesaro in the main event. If Cesaro was going to be in the main event, he would have been in the main event seven years ago. Vince just simply never saw that for him. There's nothing Cesaro could have done, to be honest. Let's be clear. It wasn't about promo. It wasn't about there was nothing that guy could have ever done to be on Vince's radar in that way. Um, but you can't have that type of match, you know, between Roman and Edge. So that'll be interesting to see what they do. I think the most interesting thing about it is, and I will say this, I will say this. I, I, I am here. This, this is a call to action. God damn it. This is the call to action that we are going to see a Baron Corbin baby face turn. And I am actually looking forward to it. I am actually excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. I could not agree more for all the, the, again, SmackDown in the past, maybe a couple of months just has been, there's one negative about it is that it, it's kind of running the same matches over and over again. But everything else about the show is great, and it's because you know the characters and all these matches keep evolving. As is Baron Corbin now. Like next week, we're getting again. It's just gonna come over to Baron Corbin for the sixth time, which is not exciting. But now it's the version of Baron Corbin we've never really seen before. And on top of it, as has been the case with all these character evolutions so far, SmackDown it just doesn't really miss. Um, like this is I'm all for this character, and uh, you know I do think if. You know, on the off chance, on the relatively low chance, Baron Corbin does become a, a great babyface, which he, you know, might happen, or even the top babyface. Um, it, it, but puts him in a in a in a in a company of few select wrestlers who have done both roles well. So I thought he was very effective effective heel for the longest time, and now you know, so far his baby again, only one weekend, but so far I do find myself feeling bad for him and getting sympathy for him, which is not something I thought I could do. So. Um, definitely very, very interesting to see where that story goes. Right now, it's good because you can give um, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura another clear win and keep his push without really hurting uh, Baron Corbin anymore. So, um, and I'm excited for again for the money in the bank field, like like we talked about again a couple months ago. I think that field was always going to be uh, going to be really full of talent. That's always is, but now again, 
there's just so many of them have momentum both creatively and uh, in the way they're booked. Right. Agreed. Um, any, do you have any either predictions or any person specifically you want to win uh, the money in the, in, the, in the bank briefcase? I mean, no, money in the bank isn't particularly my favorite piece of business. Uh, I'd like to see Drew win. Uh, just to give him that thing. And, and, and then by this point, you'll be with crowds again, and you can sort of gauge how the crowd's reacting on things and sort of go from there. But no, Drew's a top guy. Keep him a top guy. Um, if you could, and again, if you're going <laughs> to, if you could do it with a guy like Cena and shove him down, give me the more talented wrestler to shove down my throat, please. <laughs> I prefer, I'll prefer that any day of the week. Fair enough. So yeah, so you cool with uh with basically just, just drew right back in the main event? Uh, not even so much event. right back in the main event, but just in the periphery. You like just have him circle like a shark. Have him just circle, circle the water, you know, circle the boat. You know, um, it keeps him in the mix without needing to sort of him come cashing in now. It's like, no, nah, you can keep him in the mix when he's like, yo, I'm biding my time. You could always bring he could always do business with other people. There are plenty of people to still finish up and do business with, um, you know, but yeah, why not just keep him in that, in that mix? You know, I'm thinking here's my, my pitch again. There's you can you can fantasy book it so many times and I don't want to you know, step on the ones I've heard before, but I want, I think it will be an interesting wrinkle. Seth wins money in the bank, catches it in the main event, same way he did WrestleMania, turns it into a triple threat, runs out of it with the, with the title. That'd be very, very interesting. I could all is it Riddle in the Money in the Bank? Riddle is in there as well. So I would also see a situation where Riddle wins Money in the Bank, uh, has it for a while. Randy turns on him as he's cashing in, and then that officially starts the Riddle Randy Orton feud, uh, as it were. I I would like to keep it simple, but yeah, either of those scenarios could very well happen as well. Last uh, last scenario, let me just run it by. What do you think? This is not mine. I've heard it somewhere else, but uh. Uh, Biggie wins money in the bank, uh, cashes in on coffee who beat last. Uh, I mean, I could, I could see that, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised by that. It wouldn't make a, it wouldn't make a ton of sense, but if we're going to turn big E heat, like it's a weird way to turn a guy heel, but it would work. It'd be very effective. I think that they are very low on baby faces who can work at the top. So I would be a little concerned about doing something like that. If you want to have Biggie win, you could have him cash in on Kofi. Uh, that would give you another heel. I don't know that you need another one of those working on top right now. So if he's going to win, I'd have him cash in uh, and then have to deal with Roman for the, you know, circle that wagon for the next six months or so. Because I mean, honestly, let's let's be real here. If you had to pick anyone who should should usurp uh, uh, Roman on SmackDown, Big E would be your smartest choice um, at this at this very moment. I'm not saying today. I'm saying because obviously Roman's holding on to this title through to like next Mania. If they if if Vince, regardless of what the ratings say, Vince just has an epic hard on for the man. So, um, but just to give. Biggie something to build towards uh, to build him up as a proper baby face for Roman. It all make all makes sense. Um, and again, yeah, I uh, well, I would not be surprised though if Roman, because again, I don't know I think I feel like I do feel like they're them going in front of the fans, and maybe this is my fault for building up too many expectations. I feel like we're going to see some 
exciting, crazy stuff. So I would not be surprised if if, if Bobby or Roman drops it. I, I'm expecting a lot of people we've seen off television to make a returns in the, yeah. in the coming couple of months. So again, maybe I'm giving them too much, uh, raising like my own expectations a little much, but I don't know. I'm expecting to see. Well, they, they are, they are, they are, they have said that, you know, since they're going back in front of crowds, you know, they want to make it worth people's while. Again, as we said months ago, they actually have to respect the audience that they've shown such disdain for, for a period of time. So, I mean, they, they did that at mania. I have no reason to believe they won't try to do that here at money in the bank. And then at SummerSlam. Yeah, we will again. We will see. I am personally, like I said, very excited for Money in the Bank. I will. Unfortunately, it's one of the few pay per views, as you know. I usually don't watch any wrestling live. I just have you know a lot of stuff going on, uh, husbandly right. duties and such. Um, but I, this was the one I'm. Gen- I will not be able to watch it live. I uh, I'll be out of town for a trip I booked a long time ago. But um, this is one of the few ones I really wish I could have watched live. And uh, genuinely, oh, genuinely upset. I'm going to miss it. So um, enjoy it on my behalf, if you will. Yes. Um, now, before we move on to uh, our um, end of the year award, or mid the year uh, summary and awards, if you will, um, you believe you said you wanted to say a few words about the uh, rest that we lost recently. I'll be honest, I did not know too much about him. Uh, he went by the Patriot and uh, he passed away at the age of 59 uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so please, the floor is yours. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the Patriot Del Wilkes passed away. Very interesting uh, because I, I feel like I want to talk about him because I do believe that uh, time will only continue to forget him. Uh, I do believe that he's one of the last real good classic wrestlers. Um, this is not to say that his wrestling was better, but just a, a, the type of wrestling that he did. I think he was the last really good American babyface in a mask wrestler. Like, I don't think there's really been an American white guy since that has ever done that. Uh, but yeah, Del Wilkes, very interesting, uh, big dude, like a hoss of a man, um, you know, really, really big, very charismatic. You know, he was about six, five, six, six, 255 pounds. He was uh, initially a football player, started uh, training with Vern Gagne and the fabulous Moolah, especially with Vern. So, you know, his fundamentals were just always going to be in check his cardio was always going to be pretty good he started out in the awa actually as the trooper and it was literally just like a trooper gimmick where he kind of looked like a trooper uh, but that was in the dying days of the awa he was very green but you could tell he was going to be very very good uh i first saw del wilkes personally as a child when he was in uh global wrestling federation and that was a company that was uh around for like you know, a couple of years, but I would see a lot of their stuff on ESPN. They were based out of Dallas, Texas. They had about a three-year run, but that's where I first saw the Patriot. And the Patriot was clearly, the whole promotion was built around him. He was over like Rover. Um, you had a, a Marcus Bagwell was there at, at one point too, I think as the, uh, the handsome stranger, you know? So, um, but Dell was so over, he was so incredibly over that he actually made the program worth watching. So I would watch global wrestling federation because of the Patriot. Cause he was so cool. Like he was just, he was cool. Like as a, it was like watching captain America just with a mask, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, that's really, really cool. Uh, so, so much. So they had to build up, they had to create heels for him. They actually created the dark Patriot, which was just Doug Gilbert, uh, Eddie Gilbert's brother in a, in a full on black bodysuit because Doug had no condition <laughs> whatsoever to speak of. But he needed a, he needed a top heel to, to sort of work with. And uh, <clears throat> and then it was interesting. He sort of disappeared. Uh, I, I came to find out later on that, of course, he was in Japan 
and he, of course he was huge in all Japan pro wrestling. Um, he was really, really big. And uh, he got there. He actually teamed with this guy, Jackie Fulton. A lot of people may not know about, but Jackie went by the Eagle. So you had the Eagle and the Patriots. So they were really, really big in Japan as a tag team. And honestly, like, here's the thing. It's so weird. You can bomb a country. And then you show up in American, but they were such over uh, baby faces, like just foreign baby faces. So incredibly, uh, really, really, uh, you know, beloved, but could play heel if need be and, and everything. They actually did win the uh, all Asia tag team championships. So that was a really cool thing for them. He then popped over to WCW. So in 1994, the Patriots back. I'm nine years old and all of a sudden Patriot shows up. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> Patriots on WCW television and he teamed with marcus alexander bagwell uh the former the handsome stranger from global wrestling federation they were stars and stripes and if i'm not mistaken they did win the tag titles once they lost them relatively quickly um and uh you know so like they it, it was so cool like he was really really cool he had really cool entrance music wherever he was he had really cool entrance music. in global wrestling federation he had cool entrance music uh, WCW had cool entrance music, so that kind of helped everything. He was a very, very solid, fundamental wrestler. He was a big guy, and it was so interesting about him is he could actually talk. So he was a, he was Southern, but he didn't have like a hokey Southern accent. He could get really, really fired up, and he could really cut these really passionate, like all-American promos, or let me tell you something, mister, and all this. But it was really good. It worked, and it, it really – he got over it, and then all of a sudden, he's there for a year, and then by 1995, he's gone. Um, because, but they were kind of like WCW wasn't really, they weren't seeing a, a, that positive of a return on Hulk Hogan. So I think there might've been some financial issues there. <clears throat> so he went back to all Japan wrestling. Uh, and then, uh, if you guys know anything really, if you've been watching wrestling for any period of time, he showed up in WWF in 1997. And that was a, such an interesting time period. Um, because uh, they they fucked it, but he came in. <laughs> they, they, they fucked it. He came in and immediately started feuding with Brett. Now keep in mind, Brett had turned heel. Uh, this is in July, so he's doing. He's anti-American. The Patriot comes in. Patriots over like Rover immediately. The Patriots over as fuck. Um, a lot of people apparently, I would come to find out, in the company didn't get it. Like Vince Russo, but why would he? He stinks um kevin dunn he stinks so why would these guys get it but they were kind of confused as to why this guy was getting over because they were like well in new york this wouldn't work this is why you can't listen to new york this is why you can't listen to the east coast at all because the other parts of the country don't think like the east coast they don't think like new york they don't think like philadelphia um we are not the pulse of the nation <laughs> we're just we're not so he was doing this shit in oklahoma and the midwest and just killing shit everywhere and then uh, where was the uh, Global uh, Wrestling Federation? Uh, based they were based. At, they were based out of Dallas, Texas. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. just just so, for context. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he and honestly, here's the thing, man. Like, he could have been so big in WWF, especially at the time, because they needed baby faces. Brett had just turned. If you actually look back at that time period, their their depth chart was very, very slim. Shawn Michaels didn't know whether he was coming or going. Like you didn't have a lot that you could rely on on top. They had just gotten Ken Shamrock, but Ken needed work. You know, like they didn't have a lot. You had Austin, but they were still figuring that out. And he was about to break his fucking neck. So they didn't have a lot going on. 
he has this match with Brett on Raw, and he beats Bret Hart. Uh, and I remember watching that match. Uh, the greatest schoolboy in the history of professional wrestling. I, I for for twenty four years, I have looked for a wrestler to schoolboy a man or a woman the way the Patriots schoolboy Bret Hart to pick up that win, and the crowd popped. Uh, he was incredibly, incredibly over from that moment on. Went on to In Your House to have a match against Brett uh, when Brett won the title from Taker. They had another very good match. He lost that match. And then, honestly, he kind of just, like, fell to the wayside. Um, you know, it, it didn't really no, – nothing really came from that. And then he wound up tearing his triceps, and he had a history of tricep and bicep injuries. And uh, then, then it was over. It was really, really done for him, and, and by 98 – he was uh he was basically out of there. Um, but with with him, you know, to the audience, all his shit is on YouTube. Um, it's it's gonna watch him wrestle. It's like a I won't say it's a different style of wrestling. It's just from a different time period. He's very athletic. He does very very good things. You will see no super kicks. Um, as at the same time, you won't really see a six six dude doing a kip up either. But uh, it's really really good stuff. He was a very very solid talent. Um could have been more in the States, but just was never really capitalized on. Also he had injury issues. So, you know, that that's a real thing as well. He battled substance addiction and all that stuff. But for that time period, uh, this is a character that really should be remembered. Uh, the Dell Wilkes version, not Tom Brandy, who then would go on to use the Patriot gimmick years down the line, but look up some Dell Wilkes stuff, uh, look up some Patriot stuff. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, and again, it's um, uh, I think a product of, of of the bygone era a little bit, only in the sense that um, uh, he, uh, very much a freelancer. And I think that's why, part of the reason why he uh, is not going to be remembered. He that didn't really have long stints with the companies. It seemed like he kind of just bounced from place to place to place. Part of it is that um, he was, you know, and, and a lot of times it seems like a little bit of a bad luck, right? That he was in WCW right before they blew up. He was in WWE right before they blew, you know, blew up. So you know, if he would have maybe stayed a year longer, he probably could have, you know. Yeah. Um, they could have afforded his talents, probably paid them more than keep him, and also just made like a lot more impression on television. Yeah, I mean, had they had the dude 12 months, had they had him in 96, you know, it might have been uh more helpful, but yeah, and definitely more of a freelance because let's be clear, that's what you did back then. You right. know, there were only really a few guys, it was only WCW and, and WWF locking people down into contracts, but it was not uncommon to see people pop up different places that was a dying thing but you know the way you see guys work the indies now before pandemic that's kind of how it was at the time you know you sort of went to where you went to and and made your money where you could make your money and, and especially back then for a lot of american talents going to japan was the optimal thing especially if you were a big guy who could work you know you'd be you'd be a monster of some kind over there and they paid you really well uh for less time you just had to deal with working that style yeah, no, I'm a lot of, there's a history of, uh, of American, uh, big American uh, man, very pro-American getting out in Japan. Most famously, I mean, obviously the Hulk Hogan, right before Hulkamania in, in, in the United States. He was a big, blonde uh, American uh, getting super over in Japan as well. Yeah. So that Axe you know, Boulder, Stan, Stan Hansen, Dr. Death, uh, you know, Bam Bam Gordy. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and Brock Lesnar, you know. To, to a lesser uh, degree, Bob Sass, yeah. super yeah, over in Bob, Japan too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big, yeah, super big time over to less Kurt Angle, even, you know, when they had their partnership with uh, with TNA. And there are a lot of Doug Furness, Philip LaFon, 
Um, there are other names that, of course, uh, I'm not mentioning right now. But yeah, there's a long American history of Americans going over there and getting super over. Kenny um, Omega. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Kenny Omega as well, a little Canadian. But I see, I see North, 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 North American. American, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, again, uh, he will be missed. And uh, for yourselves, if you are anything like me, uh, I think still just gave you a lot of stuff to kind of, you know, I think worth taking your time to check out if you have a chance. Uh, so now let's get into what we promised uh, our loyal audience. Let's give, give the people what they want. Let's give them our favorite and, and least favorite things of the year of 2021. I don't want to, um, it's personally has not, we have not structured too much. I think gives it to you any like thing to fill out. Um, I have some stuff written down. Um, so do you do as well, by any chance or not? Uh, yeah, I, I have some stuff re- uh, written down, but it's not it's not in a chronological order of time. Sure, sure. Just from the past six months. I mean, start off with Jay White versus Abushi. Um, we, I mean, again, it was the culmination of a tremendous story for Abushi. We also did not realize that it was kind of the end of the world. And if you look back at it in retrospect, Jay White is the babyface. Uh, Kota is the heel. He is the, he is the devil. Do you understand me? He's a psychopath. What that man went and did. Um, but it was a culmination of a great story. And honestly, like it, it, it just further goes to show that a, a, a baby face is only as good as the heel is. And um, Jay being one of the best in the world, I do believe the best heel in the world. Uh, put any of your favorites up. Roman ain't seeing him. Roman doesn't work in front of people. Also, Roman hasn't been a heel that long. Uh, also, doesn't really do that much, uh, which is a part of the aspect of being a heel, which is good, but doesn't really do a whole lot at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that match was so good and, oh God, it just, it just did everything, uh, for Abushi. I thought it was a tremendous match. Um, yeah. I think if I have one through line for the year, one kind of a theme, it has been a strong champions, like champions who've been like promotions that really like thoughtfully, uh, book their champions and made them look really strong and made the talent respectable. I don't think there is a, of the major talents, I can think of one that really looks very weak right now. You know what I mean? Or that that, that, that has been done at this service. Um, and I think in this year of Strong Champions, I do think if, if New Japan saw that story through a little bit, maybe, I think they, Ibushi could have been mentioned there. Because, you know, if he's ring his story, and then we talked about it, how, you know, if you turn this guy into an arrogant heel who is now this evil god of New Japan, it really could have been something. And I think, obviously, part of it is the injuries, but uh, I do think it's a little... A little upsetting to me personally that they kind of dropped that story and then and instead of kind of finished telling it. That being said, yeah, I do think Jay White was which was my favorite match of the year. Still, um, still the best match I've seen since uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, just again, it, an epic. It's it's a new you know very no promotion I think that's epic or matches like quite like New Japan. No promotion can really get me to sit there and pay attention for 45, 50 minutes. Uh, but when you have Jay White and Nobushi, two of just the best. Storytellers, the best uh, characters, the best um, athletes, um, both that, you know, Jay White is now, I think, at the top of his game. Um, Ibushi may be a little bit below where he was, just, you know, with all the injuries, but he's like subhuman. You know what I mean? The yeah, man. Yeah, he's still, other, still, he's still otherworldly. <laughs> absolutely. So the man can still go, injuries and all. Um, and yeah, for 50 minutes, they just, they give you everything you could possibly want out of the wrestling match. And uh it has not been top this year so far. I don't think it will be. Um, besides that, I have Shingo versus Tanahashi as another match. I thought it was tremendous. Um, uh, you know, the Tanahashi shows that he's still a guy. And I think um, 
I think that that means he probably gets a rematch right now that Shingo has is the world champ. I think that was my second favorite match of the year. You know, mm-hmm. just the, the best match that's not like an epic world collider that was uh, JY and the Bushi. It was just a great match in itself. Uh, Pete Dunn versus Finn Balor was my favorite match on uh, this side of the Atlantic. Um, though they absolutely killed it in um, in, in their main event. So it was the best main event of uh, or the best match of Finn, ba- Finn Balor's reign. Uh, Pete Dunne just has to be an NXT champion at some point. And to round out my top five was the WrestleMania triple threat uh, that you think is overrated. Um, I thought they told a tremendous story. I thought this was it was a WrestleMania main event that was of a two night WrestleMania that was actually the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, rare. And I think, again, it's one of the best WrestleMania main events in, in quite some time. Um, on top of it all, it was just a tremendous match of three people, again, performing at a really high caliber, telling the stories both as wrestlers and as characters. Um, and I thought the ending made perfect sense. Yeah, uh, it's not mid, but it's not what you people think it is. Very good match, though. Uh, for me, I round out with my list looks a little different because I'm I look at ascensions, so I do have Bobby Lashley versus The Miz for the WWE Championship. Uh, basically, because like that's how you that's how you continue to establish a monster. And let's not be mistaken, Bobby Lashley is in the conversation for Wrestler of the Year. If you look from pandemic through now to like making that U.S. title relevant. And the minute it, get, it gets off his hands, it immediately gets weak again. Fuck. Also, unfortunately, Sheamus being hurt right now um, is, a, is, a, is a hindrance. But from there to then, you know, literally just established, like showed you what a dub. The Miz was the champion. And Bobby said, that is ridiculous. And proceeded to end his life. And it was beautiful. But that's how you like, that's a moment. That's how you do that. I thought Bobby versus Drew at Mania was awesome because that was the first match. That was the opening match. They told a hell of a story. They gave everything. And the crowd was so incredibly hot. It was really, really gratifying to see that the work that they had done, that, yeah, the crowd was happy to be there, but it was very, very clear. Everyone knew what the story was. Bobby was the heel. Drew was the super over baby face. And they had a hell of a match. Um, So I really, really dug that one uh, as well. Uh, That made me happy. Another match of a moment that I'm really a fan of. I love Miro versus Darby Allen. I thought it was the perfect uh, example of both of their characters. Um, And yeah, I guess I will round out with, because I can't not do it. I would say Finn versus uh, Pete Dunne was also excellent because Finn is the man. So, you know, and, and Pete's awesome. So yeah, they 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 had an excellent pro wrestling match. Yeah, again, uh, not, again, there's there's so many. You know, we, every week we talk about how many of all the great wrestling matches they have been. So it's really kind of hard to narrow it down to five. Uh, but I have again, to me, the the only Miz versus Bobby, I think, is more of a moment than a match necessarily. But, the, but, that, but like, that's yeah. but that's the but that's the beauty of it because it's mm-hmm. both. Right. It's both because the match tells a very clear and distinctive story. Look, if I look at so, so, so so I look at a match like that, I still look at that. I'm like, that was fucking great. That was great because of the moment that it produced, because of the thing that it did. It had to be a shocking thing. It had to be a shocking, devastating thing. And thankfully, it was not a Goldberg match. The guys guys could actually work. So that was helpful there as well. But I love that because it ushered in the almighty era. Uh which we didn't know what that was going to look like. We have a better idea of what it looks like now, thankfully. Yeah, and um, 
I almost think of that as an episode, right? Because it's a through line throughout the show and they build a whole raw around it. One of, one of, by the way, the best draws of the year, one of, you know, top two or top three. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, I could not agree with you more as far as how excellent it was. I just, I just don't necessarily think of it as a great match, but not, not, no, no sure. dispute. Sure. Um, so, Toyo, who is your wrestler of the year? And who else do you, you know, feel free to talk about who else you're considering for this? It's 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 a hard one. It's that's that's a tough one. I mean, honestly, so far my wrestler of the year, it that there's man, a lot. There's, there's a, lot. a lot. I made the top ten list, and I'm mad at that one because there's a lot of people just being left out. Like I don't yeah. have near in my top ten, and I'm and I feel feel horrible about myself because right. he's killing it. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious, I had a top ten list, so it would, and this is not in any particular order. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre. Um, those two, if those two aren't on your list, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. Um, Darby Allen, he's done excellent, excellent work. Uh, really has done just fan. I mean, the guy, the guy made me a fan. I, I, I am, a, I am a Darby Allen fan. Uh, everything he does makes sense for his size. He's an actual, he does crazy stuff. He does a lot of crazy stuff, but he actually, he pro wrestles really, really well. So that's really cool. Uh, of course, a um, little bit hard to say, like, you know, I, uh, God, that's just tough. Finn, of course, is in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, got to have Finn in there. I will have Jay White in there. When New Japan started back up, they started back up really strong. Uh, he's done, you know, the New Japan Cup did really excellent stuff there. His stuff with Tanahashi, I could watch that forever. Uh, like, forever. And the Ishii match, too. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The Ishii match was crazy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, Jay White is just, you know, there's what more can one say uh, about him that I've really, really enjoyed. Who else this year has been killing it? Riddle's in that conversation. You know, um, he is definitely in that conversation. Kenny Omega um, is there. And yeah, I think I think I'm good with that. I think I'm well, you can put in Roman. You can put in Roman. You can put in Roman. But the thing about it is, here's the thing. Here's I want to make this very, very clear. Roman is the best he's ever been. He is not the best. He's just the best he's ever been. So a lot of y'all will get lost in the sauce. and like, Roman's operating on a higher level. No, he's not. He's just being the best that he's ever been. That's literally all that is. And it's good. And it's it's excellent. But it's like you got y'all y'all drinking some Kool-Aid and that shit trash, bro. I'm so sorry. But he's the best he's ever been. And he's on the uh, he's on uh, he's on he's with the company that can showcase him more than any other company in the world. So uh, I pretty much have uh, all the names you mentioned. Actually, the person I've been put in is uh, Riddle, who is not on my list, even though I think, you know, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, just so again, he has just started kind of slow. He, you know, took a little finding himself, I guess. Um or, or rather having the company do something with them. Um, so the people you did not mention, I put Bailey and Bianca on my list. I think they're having an excellent feud. I think Bailey has been low-key the best women's wrestler in the world, just as far as like all around That's um, uh, this entire year. And I think Bianca, just how, you know, for her first title run, for how quickly she got it, um, for her to be such a good baby face. Now, obviously, we'll see how the audience responds to her. Maybe the, maybe the audience was not going to mess with her because it's, so rare that uh, the white knee baby face gets over nowadays and i'll be i'll be wrong but to me at least i think she's been really doing really really good job um as a, as a baby face champion um but of course my rest of the year so far six months in 
Uh, you can uh, put a put a Kool-Aid in my hand, man. I am uh, I'm all in on this uh, Roman run. Um, well, because you love you love mid. So this is not surprising. That must be it's it's the combination of everything. It's a combination of like he's been champion the entire time for the entire six months. He's been kind of carrying a show on his back. Now again, I'm not, I'm not saying he's doing no, without no, any help. No, he's, that's ridiculous. No, that's ridiculous. That's a lie. You're lying. Every episode, you're every lying. episode, you're he's been heavily you're featured, lying. and the show has been tremendous. You know, now, you know, you know, he, had carrying... he had a lot of great, great dancing partners. He had uh, the managers, the Usos, they all helped tell him that. Right, that story. right. So to say, so to say it's him, to say, it, to say it's him is ridiculous. There, He's getting a lot of help, uh, sure. and it's just centered around him. Sure. Yes. You can, if, if you do that, you, you, if you can, but again, his show runs into, it's fine. It runs into redundancy. This is okay. But again, you can say that, you know, Bobby, you know, does Bobby really blow up with that MVP, right? And he, he you know, uh... well, Bobby wrestles, <laughs> but Bobby actually wrestles. So that's why he can't be in that conversation. As far as I am concerned, as, as being the best, there's no way he doesn't wrestle. I, I think you are. I would love to like go on a profile or whatever, like maybe next time we'll do it. I think you're exaggerating how well he wrestles. And he wrestles, he wrestles, he wrestles every pay-per-view that, that that that's that that's not an exaggeration he wrestles every pay-per-view that's and it. also no no but he also does on smackdown as well he gave us one of the best tv matches no, of that, the year. that was that was that, that was held in the, that was held in the cell and then that was the match with daniel so that's there too but yeah other than that every pay-per-view meanwhile you have dudes like bobby lashley who's in there every single fucking week and he's older but he's just in there consistently establishing that character that's way better. That, that's just that Roman is Roman is not seeing that. Yeah, I think me and you having the, the a classic MVP, right? Of uh, you know missed games versus impact type of a conversation. And to me, I know I Roman Reigns has not missed enough games for me to penalize. I, I get that. I get what you're saying. But to yeah. me, again, I think he wrestles often enough, and he gave us a lot of enough great matches where I I I, I think that does not disqualify from being, in, in my opinion, the best in the world. Uh, this year, right above Kenny, right above Finn, right above Drew, Darby, J.Y., Bailey, Shingo, and Bobby and Bianca. The epitome of mid is your list. Your yeah. list is mid. Roman Reigns is at the top of your list. That shit is mid, bro. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid drinkers. And I know there's a lot of you listening and you drink the Kool-Aid too because you have been led to believe that if it's the best he's ever been, that means that he is the best. And what I'm saying is that ain't how the best works. I think he's the best as far as the well-rounded combination of character and in-ring worker. And as far and also just nonsense, again, nonsense. Jay White, Jay White right leaps and leaps and bounds better than the guy. Maybe, as far as but, character, but, but, and definitely but, in but, ring, but, but and definitely the, on the microphone. Champion. But, your, but Roman is the champion. He is the man. Yeah, who's he's, the he's, feature he's, act. He's the main he's event. The universal Jay champion. White has not been. It's, it's so, the most. It's the most useless title in all of. It's the most useless world title. It in might all have been. It might have been before he still is. No, it still is. It still is. Do not be mistaken. That's 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 pure hate. That just that's not useful. Do not be mistaken. No. They that's, can profile the thing as the much as they want to. They, they can profile logic, the sir. thing. No, I'm sorry. Listen, less than a year does not rectify <laughs> the years that they have done that they've done nah, harm with I'm that sorry, fucking I'm title. Sorry, I, so I, you're I, trying to no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're trying to sit there and say, you are trying to sit there and say that in ten months they that the past ten months of that universal title. Is, is washed away the years of the shitty lineage of that belt. I'm saying it elevated, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. 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 Said. I just I just want to know that that's what you're saying. Okay. El- it, you don't think it's been elevated? Hold up. How wasn't Bobby Lashley's? You, you just said U.S. title was elevated by Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Kids mm-hmm. had it for less than for less time than Roman did. But what I'm saying, but I wasn't sitting here saying that it's like all of a sudden it's the title, it's the thing. It's like no, it was elevated appropriately. It became. It important. is elevated appropriately. So it's what elevated I'm saying is the world time. But but that's the thing. See, say that. Be honest and say, yeah, it's been elevated. But to sit there, oh, it's the best title, it's the most no, no, important no, but, title. But, 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 but it's, it's definitely not worthless. You cannot say it's the or it's the most worthless title. You cannot say that. It's not the most important. It just isn't. You can they can showcase it as they can try to present it as such. I'll still take the WWE Championship over that title any fucking day of the week because it's the title that actually has the lineage in it. If we're actually going by that, it has the lineage in it. And look at their past three champions, okay? Like Miz is a little bookmark there, but look at their last three champions. Bobby Lashley, Drew fucking Drew fucking McIntyre for, for fuck's sake. Don't ever, don't ever besmirch the name of Drew McIntyre ever again like you did just now. You're so disrespectful for that. And Brock Lesnar arguably the most talented professional wrestler that's ever lived. The most. And guess what? And and guess who held the universal title for longer than anybody? Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? And I'll sit there and be honest and accurate in saying this. It it, like, it's like, yo, it wasn't helpful. It just wasn't helpful. This wasn't. Listen, agree to disagree again to me. And and also look at the, look at the work they've been doing. Like, that's my point. Like it has become a very important title. It has become a, it feels like a real world title because you look forward, because we we look forward to the Cesaro match. I did at least. I'm looking forward to this Ash match. We look forward to the WrestleMania Trooper Threat match. All of these matches have been important and each one of them showed what they're willing to sacrifice to keep this match. The whole Roman Reigns storyline has been that he, his whole, Head of the table, the guy carrying your blah 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 is defined by this world title, which is why it means something. So here's what I'll say. So here's the thing. I look at this from the perspective of sure, he's elevated the title, of course. But what I'm saying is I don't look forward necessarily to the matches, I look forward to the opponents. I, I told I was very honest and I said it'll be a good match with Cesaro, but I know the outcome. It'll like Ray, Ray I'm like, it'll be a good match, but I know the outcome. Like it's not even particularly that. Edge and Daniel Bryan, that was an interesting match because of those two individuals. The Daniel Bryan match at Fastlane, that was interesting because of Daniel Bryan. The Kevin Owens, now Roman was doing his part. I'm not saying he wasn't. Roman was doing his part, but it was also what the other men were willing to do to get there and how they already, Kevin Owens became interesting with Roman. I initially wasn't sold. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, you guys are just putting on such fun matches that I'll be into this. You know what I'm saying? And so to, me, so to me, it's the other guys because you put him in there with Cesaro. It'll be a good match, but I can watch that two days later. I don't have to watch it live. I don't have to see it as it's happening. I can watch it another time because I know what's going to happen. And you're not positioning like the people that you put in there. What do they bring to the table that make that thing good? That's that. I mean, realistically, what do the baby faces bring to the table to make that situation good? Because realistically, Roman's going to do his part. He's going to do his part. But. Let's be clear. The title now is interesting because Edge is in that position. Okay. This title match is interesting because Edge is there. You wouldn't want to see Cesaro again. You'd watch it, but do you, but do you really need to see that again? No, it's because Edge, because you infinitely, you all, you automatically have an infinitely more impressive overall professional wrestler going against Roman Reigns. And Roman actually needs Edge in that. Let's not be mistaken in that match. Roman needs Edge. Roman needs Cena. These guys don't need him. That's why they don't even need to win the title because, one, the title isn't nearly as important as you think it is. 
number one. It's just been elevated. But it has become. That's my point, though. You keep it's saying it's ele- not, it's but been, I'm telling you, that's what, that's what makes it important. And Edge winning it. And Edge, Edge's whole, like, I need to win this title to, kind of, sure. to complete my comeback, sure. make, elevates the title. Roman having it, making basing this whole character around it. And care, again, say what you will. SmackDown's rating have been doing well. It's become his show. It's become such yeah, show. Yeah, two, 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 two million views. Yeah, two million yeah, views. They actually did less than that this week, uh, but he wasn't there, so whatever. But no, it, the, the issue is Edge can win any world title, and it'll complete his comeback. Now, but he's going he can, after this no, no, one. But no, but what I'm saying and, and that's is, important, too. So you can't say, well, what I'm saying is, matter, but Edge is doing a great job. Well, if, if, if well, to you, the title still doesn't matter. What I'm saying is what I'm saying is the title has been elevated. I'm saying very accurately, the title isn't that interesting to me. It only really is interesting to me based on who Roman is working with. That's really it, because I find those individuals infinitely more interesting than Roman, <laughs> generally more impressive professional wrestlers. So it's Edge going after that title against Roman that makes that match appealing to me, that makes that scenario appealing to me. Roman on his own just doesn't do it. Roman against Ray does not do it. Roman against Cesaro does not do it. Roman against Cena even doesn't really do it. It has to actually be a compelling, interesting character because these guys actually aren't going to win the matches because they don't need to win the matches because they don't need the fucking title. It's him that needs the title. So if I, so let me be clear on this. I'll make this concession. The title and him are equally benefiting one another. That's what I'll sit there and give it because Roman needs the title and the title needs Roman. So I'll give you that. For the, for the, but that's a good thing for the character. Again, I think... Uh... To me, Roman, the closest thing I can think of, like from recent history, is uh, you know, Champa's whole thing, right? Wait, once Champa and NXT, he was at his most interesting when he was the champion, mm-hmm. right? Because that whole character was based around I'm going to get this style, I will do anything to get and to keep the style. It's a one man obsession. So yeah, I do agree with you. It's a mutual beneficial relationship, but it's also, I think Champa is one of the best champions ever. Oh, you know, of, uh, of of that promotion. I think Roman is one of the best champions of this current promotion so um yeah i think they're both doing excellent jobs i think the reason me and you disagree is because maybe you were bored of some programs which i thoroughly enjoyed and i was anticipating those matches um, well, no, I, but the story the story it's a good story that they're writing i just know the story and i did so i kind of know the story because that's the story that you can tell with a guy like that so i'm just like okay well this is good that'll be fine and then i will say yeah it's monotonous it's the same thing. Fair enough. And on that note, Satoyo, what has been, six months in, your favorite weekly TV show? AEW Dynamite has easily been, uh, like, my favorite show uh, because uh, it's it's enjoyable. I only get a little bit of it. It does not slap me over the head. There have been things on the show that I have disliked, but I'll tell you this. I do not feel exhausted, nor do I feel cheated. Uh, more often than not, I'm like, I'm really happy I watched that. That's fair enough. Dama was my number, and number two right below uh, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I, as you know, I'm a huge SmackDown fan. I've been there pretty much again. One of the reasons why Roman was my number one on my list. Um, and again, I think uh, everything they've done to develop their the, 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 the secondary and even the, the, the third level of the card, tertiary, I believe is the word, um, yeah. Uh, has been uh, has been done excellent. Again, you see the characters constantly evolving. I do think they need an injection of talent. But again, even like over the past month when I've been saying that, I still still have a great time watching it. And um, it does not do anything to... Uh, to and neither does Dynamite. Dynamite, I think, puts the most effort into making every week feel special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said this about them, and uh, for that, I definitely appreciate them. Um, 
sometimes again maybe it's sometimes they take a risk showcase the talent that's not maybe quite ready sometimes they have some main events that i'm like oh this i don't know if this should have been the main event match but overall um one that's what you're supposed to do as a promotion that's kind of how you elevate talent and number two um it's never so bad that as you said i feel cheated or or i feel like my, my intelligence is being insulted um I think NXT again, again, we will talk about this time. There's a lot of really good wrestling available, but um, I've really enjoyed NXT as well this year. So far, I think it's been uh, much more interesting product since they moved to the Capitol uh, Wrestling Center. I really yep. love the vibe of that place and uh, what they've been able to do. And I think um, they're still kind of finding their footing as far as you know how they want to present Karrion Cross. I'm to be quite honest, nice to not go shoot. He's babyface. If he's huge, he's kind of feuding with everybody. He's the champ. I get he's that. The champ, but, yeah. Um, he just, he's, he's, he's just a big guy that everybody's trying to take down. That's right. But I thought Finn's reign was excellent, uh, as, as you both did. Um, and again, I, I love what they're doing with all the new characters. And uh, by the way, shout out to us, Isaiah Swerve, winning yeah, the North American, North American champion. North American champion, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. On that note, uh, let's talk about and all the new talent. Who has been your most improved rookie of the year breakthrough, a person who you kind of just said? We have much higher opinion on uh now than you did six months ago. Damn. Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Definitely. I think his uh his match, his singles match, like he was already doing really good stuff. The tag matches that he was having with the young bucks were cool. Then he had the match with like um uh, Cash Wheeler or Dak Hart, one of the FTR guys, and uh, that that whole series, and I was like, oh boy. You know, so, yeah, I think from what I saw from him six months ago to what I see now, and, of course, the match they had with Kenny, um, the match they had with Darby, you know, like just slowly over time, like this guy is just getting really good. So Jungle Boy Jack Perry, definitely, definitely my most improved. I'm a fan. Um, Have you, again, I I think uh, I'm going to say Nakamura. I just, I really, you know, love what they kind of, you know, his redemption project. In many ways, you know, we saw, and Cesaro and Nakamura rise to the like they were like, all right, we're gonna rework those two characters a little bit. And Cesaro kind of got to the top and now he's kind of back to where he started. Whereas with Nakamura, it was more gradual, more kind of a slow burn thing. And now I think uh, his new his presentation is just like is the best he's looked on the main roster. This is like the closest I think we've come to being like, oh my god, they finally I don't know whether it's uh, something they, they they see in him or if it's he's just more comfortable in the new role, but that uh, that yeah, they really I, tapped into that king of the strong style uh, character, and I can't wait to him to now. Uh, and special we have that series with Baron Corbin is, is any indication. I think we'll have some great matches ahead. Yeah, I I, I never th- I don't ever think he'll be the man. Obviously, uh, I don't I don't think he'll ever get a crack at it. I think we get a shot at maybe because Roman needs guys to work with. But uh, yeah, I'm happy that he has been able to sneak in. It only took him a few years to sneak in the kick because that's basically what it kind of is. It's just it's a lot of the New Japan shit. Um, but he had to garner their trust and learn their way to do things and to, to the detriment of himself um, and uh, adjust to that. And he's a talented guy, so he's adjusted. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to give a special shout out. Of course, I think has tr- tremendously improved. And uh, I think she actually started improving um steadily throughout last year but um i think now she's like gone really really uh good i wouldn't even say as, as, as a wrestler is so a live morgan uh again that's if she just got gave was given been given more time to show her talents or or what but i think to me she's got a lot more just solid in, in the ring yeah i'd also awesome. give it i give an honorable mention to to Britt baker who's got sure. a lot better than than where she was her gimmick helps out tremendously but like 
yeah, she's actually gotten pretty solid. I was actually she was actually my uh, my choice uh, for a while, but then uh, again, just like uh, wasn't a huge fan of her, the work she's been doing last month. Again, not her yeah. necessarily, just the booking has been a little, a little shaky. But um, yeah, I think I do think she has worked tremendously in the ring, and uh, and again, like, she was always kind of I think she figured out her character last year at some point when she was like, oh, this is uh, definitely a heel gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what is uh, so far six months in uh, best promotion? I'll talk. I'll let me talk. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. You, yeah I'll let you talk. So WWE, I have to eliminate because of Raw. Raw just has been not good for most of the year, and I think it'll be, you know, even though they right now they're they're getting better, it will be uh, uh, lying to deny it. I think NXT actually has pulled out some really really good um, good takeover specials. I think they've been excellent this year and kind of gotten their groove back. But oh, in the weekly show, they're not quite there yet. Um, Dynamite, certainly nothing wrong with with with. With that answer, I don't think there's anything I can penalize him for necessarily, except for a few fuck ups here and there. You know what I mean? Uh, with the um, and I also thought that the the first pay per view of the year, which I'm still apologizing, blacking out, it was not uh, I believe it was all out was their first pay per view, right? The one that was headlined by uh, um, uh, Omega versus John Moxley death match. Um, I believe yeah. so. That's I think that pay per view was a little bit disappointing that to me. So that was full gear. Full gear to apologize. That's right. Um, so with all that in mind, I'm going to give it to promotion that I have been watching this year, which is something I cannot say I have been watching it this year. And I think it's because of their booking. I think it's because of the stories they've been telling. Um, I'm going to give it to Impact. I just love what they did this year. They've kind of, you know, in a, they have gained, you know, raised back through the public's consciousness in a little bit. Uh, again, there have been very few people kind of, you know, screaming them out and be like, hey, check it out. They're actually doing really good work. You being one of them last year. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's something, yeah, I'll watch it when I have time. And then it became, I watched their pay-per-view. I bought their pay-per-view this year, yeah. which is not something I thought I'd be doing in 2021. Um, but, yeah, they're telling really good stories. I think on, as far as talent goes, maybe they're not on the level of the, the promotions that I mentioned previously. Sure. Uh, but they have, you know, talk about a guy who has gone on my radar, who I never heard, really know before, Josh Alexander, I think, yeah. uh, has been uh, very, very talented. Uh, wrestler who I've never heard of. He's doing great. W. Morrissey is definitely positions himself to be in the most improved conversation for, you know, in the end of the year. Um, Ace Austin, again, another X-Division mm-hmm. guy. Chris Bay has been doing good work. Moose has just had a great match with Kenny Omega. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Rich Swan has been doing well over there. They have a really talented female division as well. Jordan, so. Yeah, Jordan Grace, Deanna Pedraza, yeah. and the like. Yeah. So with the talent they have, I think the booking and the story has just been making sense. And again, just to, to see the promotion, I, I think they've elevated more than any other promotion this year. Yeah. So by that, so I'm giving it to Impact. I actually agree with you 100%. I think when you look at everything top to bottom, they've raised their profile. They have, a, I think, for a time, for years, actually, I think for a time, they had the strongest women's division. Um, you know, uh, they their X division is excellent. Their main event scene is excellent. They really did some some interesting things. I think it was one of those weird things. Like even before AEW, I was like, yo, watch him. They actually have like week to week. It's the best pro wrestling. Um, and, it, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're still around to be able to redeem themselves in a way. But, yeah, in terms of wrestling companies, you know, it may not seem like a lot, but you guys got to remember where Impact was. You know what I'm saying? Like Impact did. I mean, Dixie Carter did such a terrible job mismanaging that company to the point that 
you know, we were about to lose it and, and they really stepped up and they got rid of nothing happening. Vince Russo and some of these other people who just are so incredibly, so, so incredibly daft and, and servile and, and, you know, not particularly smart um, about how pro wrestling should be uh, uh, showcased. But right now impact is just doing great, great work. And, they have a higher profile because they're working with more people. So it's kind of, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really cool to watch them. Yep. Uh, next we have Satoyo. What was your favorite pay-per-view special event? Where, however you want to call Nakasin's pay-per-view is that your best uh, wrestling show? I'll give it to, I'll, I mean, mm, I mean, I'll give it to WrestleMania or the last AEW pay-per-view uh, just because that crowd was insane. Uh, but WrestleMania was fun. It was two nights. I liked, I liked everything. So I, I'll, I'll just say Mania. This is most of it was it was it was the more more to do with the how good the car was. Was it more to do with the crowd being back? Just I think I think honestly I loved I loved the setup of everything. They started and the match. I'm sorry, Serena D versus <laughs> like that that uh, right right there. Who is seeing that when you start with that and the crowd being that crazy? Um, for that and, and Serena being so good and then being an actual wrestling crowd, uh, it, it's, it's really hard out, but I'll be like, okay, mania had two good days, two great days. And, and AEW had one awesome day, you know? So, you know, I will go for, I think a pay-per-view that I think I'm a racing game for, uh, being forgotten. I think it top to bottom. It was just very, it's only five matches, but all five of them are excellent. Two of them are my favorite of the year. Are uh, it's uh, NXT Avengers Day mm. with the, the previously mentioned um, Finn Balor and Pete Dunne. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Kushida was just as good of a match. I mean, some people didn't like that one better. Um, I thought MSK and Grizzly Young Veterans. I think Grizzly Young Veterans are the best tag team in the world right now, to be perfectly honest with you. I think they're a combination of they can keep up with all those flippy teams, but they can also sell and they just uh, do, you know, kind of all their moves make a little bit more sense and, and look like they hurt a little bit more. Um, I thought Io Shirai has been excellent women's champion. I think, you know, when she has your worst match on the card, I think that um, that speaks volumes to the rest of them. And, of course, we had uh, the finale of uh, Dusty Rhodes tag team matches with, you know, NXT has been done, doing a really good job, by the way, with those titles. Um, yeah. And kind of, you know, uh, creating them. I know this wasn't for the title. This was uh, for Dusty Rhodes tag team. Um, classic, but it ended up being the the, the match for the, for the newly minted titles. Um so, yeah, I just thought this was an excellent pay-per-view overall. Just five matches straight through, uh, just all excellent material and uh, a great ending. You know, the, the pay-per-view ended with uh, the breakup of Undisputed Era, which kind of, you know, it's a, a cherry on top of a, an excellent pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, I cannot recommend it highly. I don't think there's a better way to spend two and a half hours and to watch that pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, well worth noting. Uh, I did, I want to clear something up. I misspoke. It was, I don't know why I was saying it too fast. It was Serena D versus Riho at Double or Nothing. Um, you know, which, you know, that just sort of started the night of awesomeness. It was. It was a really fun pay-per-view. Again, I thought the triple, the, that triple threat was like right up. I thought about putting it in my top 10. I thought they had done an excellent job. Um, I mean, you talked about it at length uh, when we reviewed it. Just a lot of fun. Um, and the whole pay-per-view. The whole pay-per-view was, was really, really good tonight. That uh, would be to hate. So, um, unlike Wrestling Observer and other places, we're not going to do the worst of categories because we watch wrestling we like. Um, right. Yeah. But, yeah. That's, yeah. We have enough that we can complain about, but there's no need of bashing. We already, you can already do that. 
And mm-hmm. I want to watch if I'm watching wrestling, it's to have a good time. <laughs> it's not to have a bad one. Except for one. That was it. That was, that was, yeah, that was right. there yeah. one thing you do want to complain about on this podcast. And you can also just say no. Just end it on a positive note. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, stop harassing the women. I don't know. Like, stop, stop harassing the women fans and the women wrestlers. That's like, stop being a, a, a jerk on Twitter and like just harassing these women that all the, or women that worked for a company stop, stop making it. So these women have to privatize their Twitter accounts. You freaking losers. That'd be about it. I, it's, it's more of a PSA. It's, it's, it's got more yeah. wisdom than, than, than anything I have to say. Um, yeah. As far as the complaints go, I just say, uh, for me is the cuts um, yeah. specifically the cuts of people that are clearly money based and don't fit the story or the product. They don't, you know, they can't be justified really by it. So, uh, specifically cutting uh, Alistair and uh, and Braun. I thought that was just that's Buddy, a really bad taste in my mouth. As you know, Buddy so. Murphy. And, Buddy Murphy is extremely talented, but he hasn't been on TV in three months. Yeah. So it's, like, it's not that they cut people who are talented. That's I'm not saying it's obviously not good either, but that's I get it. You know, I mean, maybe that's you know better for him than go somewhere and, and become the world champion, which I think he will be within you know three four months of signing somewhere. Um, what it is is again when you have somebody main, you know. Re- make his great return on your on main event on one of your signature shows, and then you cut him a week later. That's that just uh, shows you, as we talked about on length before, just it makes it harder to invest in your product and everything. Yep, it's it, it, it tell you're telling us don't care. <laughs> well, okay, on that note, not to dwell too much. Uh, last thing, uh, Satori, what is the thing you're looking you're most looking forward to in the next six months of wrestling? Uh, I mean, I think just more of it. I just I just want to see, especially because of pandemic being what it is. I just I do want to see fans back. I want I want it, you know, risk management. So I look forward to seeing crowds. But I also I, you know, I want that. But I, I want us to take the proper safety precautions um, at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's sort of really the biggest thing, because everybody's sort of chomping at the bit. Uh, and it's understandable. Uh, we just have to be safe, you know. So I look forward to seeing the fans back. I also look forward to us doing that in a safe fashion. Very true. I look forward to uh, one. First of all, I look forward to mining in the bank, the immediate future. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just again, I think it's a way. I've, I've been, I'm a huge mining in the bank fan. I think it has become. Like right up there with Royal Rumble and WrestleMania is like the pay-per-views are more forward to. So unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it live, but definitely look forward to watching it. Um, and also, man, I'm looking forward to watching wrestling live at some point, man. I hope to come out and uh, and check it out sometime in person, man. It's been well, far they're, too long. They're going to be at MSG in September. WWE right. is. So, you know, hey, you I know, might. I'm, you, you might. Yeah, I might. Will you you want to come? Yeah, I'll do that. This is a date. This is a date. Yeah. Either MSG or AW. Both of them yeah. going to be in New York in September. So yep. we can talk offline. Maybe make both. Maybe make one of which. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Um, so without further ado, uh, before we head out, and then a bit out of you to, to the fine listening audience, uh, Satori, please give the people your match of the week. I want to switch it up this week. I want to do something. I want... The, 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 the wrestling audience at home, please go to the New Japan Pro Wrestling YouTube page. The match of the week that I want you guys to watch is Jay White versus Rocky Romero. Um, the listing of it is 
free full episode jay white fred rosser ach god in action it's from new japan strong uh their main event match of that evening is jay white versus rocky romero it starts at the 38 11 mark uh bring that up because it's just i mean it's one of those it's, it's just an excellent wrestling match and uh rocky is very underrated uh he's been around a long time but it showcases again what i'm saying jay's excellent top to bottom he's such a good heel uh everything that he does is incredibly precise and he doesn't do too much um, so yeah, please check that. And it's a heel through and through. He did a signing for new Japan, uh, live and I watched it and he was like, people were asking him all these Marcus questions. He's like, you're, I do the wrestling. I don't care about what you guys. He's like, I do the, you guys talk about what you talk about. Don't talk to me. Like I'm you, I'm not you, you know? <laughs> uh, but the match with Rocky's excellent. It, I think it, it helps show, um, when I say dude operates at a different level, the way you guys say Roman does Jay actually does. Uh, especially in ring uh, with his whole presentation of his character and the smoothness of everything that he does, the way in which he sells, watch the match because the way in which this man sells, please. I think, you know, what's funny. I think that the huge characters that uh, Candy and the, uh, and the young box are playing, I think Jay has kind of perfected it. Yeah. Uh, he's already done very organically. He doesn't have to, yeah. he doesn't have to go over the top. He's like, I just am this, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's absolutely excellent. And again, you've been, you've been talking about him. Long before I was on board, but you are—I'm completely on board with him now. As, as yep. I think he's well, yeah, one of the best in the world. Um, for my pick, I'm actually going to do something a little bit different too. Mine is going to be not a not a uh, match, but a pay per view. Uh, guys, it's it turns ten years old this month. Check out Money in the Bank, uh, mm-hmm. 2011. Just Excellent. a fantastic pay per view, uh, top to bottom. Obviously, yep. everybody knows the main event: CM Punk versus John Cena, one of the legendary. Matches in WWE's canon, um, one of the best work of two legendary wrestlers' um, careers. The match is in Chicago, CM Punk's uh, hometown, and there is, the crowd is extremely hot. One of the best WWE, one of the best cool wrestling crowds, period, just ever. Uh, but everybody forgets how good the undercard is. Uh, you had Daniel Bryan is winning the Money in the Bank match, uh, and, which was really good, but the... Uh, uh, Raw Money in the Bank match, I thought was even better, uh, which, you know, up above the real one, um, you know, feel a little iffy about his, him as a person and, and his reign, but the match was excellent. Uh, we had another one in the series of great Christian and Randy Orton matches. Um, just again, top to bottom, just a really, really fun show capped off by a legendary main event. So uh, check it out if you have a chance. Excellent pick. All right. And with that said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, We will be back next week. Have fun out there. Stay safe, y'all. Have fun. Take care.